want to go to Winter Camp, this Sunday is the deadline to sign up. It's $35. I will need that money this Sunday because I covered your admission. It includes a coupon for merchandise, a collectible lanyard, and a pass for our early admission. So I hope to see y'all then. Sign up if you haven't already, and I hope, and hope you have a great time. God bless.
Hello, PCA, on your feet. We're going to worship our God. Lord, how you love me, I don't deserve grace on top of grace. More than I've asked for, more than I'm worth, grace on top of grace. How sweet the sound, once lost, now found, heaven came down and grace. From my sin and penalty At the cross you took my place Yeah, From the grace on top of grace Hallelujah! We bless your name, Lord! Lord, how you love me I don't deserve grace on top of grace More than
Life eternal, you have won the day. Shout it out, Jesus is alive. He's alive. And oh, happy day, happy day. You wash my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day. I'll never be the Jesus, you are mine. Thank you, Lord. Endless joy, perfect peace. Earthly pain finally will cease. Celebrate my Jesus is alive. He's alive. And oh, happy day, happy day. You wash my sin away.
Hallelujah. Standing on, standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Oh, I'm standing, standing, standing on the promises of God. I cannot fall Listening every moment To the Spirit's call Resting in my Savior As my all in all I'm standing on the promises of God Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love it when, that I can always just put my trust in God, you know, when everything doesn't seem to be going right. <laughs> and he brings such peace and hope to my life. And I just, I just love that about our God. When peace like a river attended my way when sorrows like sea billows roll
for joy and I will always praise you Lord And I'll say of the Lord, you are. 
Thank you, Lord, that you are our very present help in time of need. You are always here, always here for us, God. We praise you. We worship you. We magnify your name, God. We magnify your name. Be glorified in this place. Be glorified in our hearts and our lives, God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will have your way in this building tonight and in those who are watching on live stream, Lord, help us to take your kingdom out into the streets and help us to reach people for you. But Lord, just build us up tonight. Help us to learn something new. I love you and I bless you, Father, in Jesus' holy and powerful name. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. It's good when we can be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Scripture Lamentations. When you hear that word Lamentations, you don't think of something that's praiseworthy. But the author says, The faithful of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord's been impressing me with that, that idea that his mercies are new every morning. That's a good thing. Because sometimes when I think of what I've done the, the day before, I think, oh, Lord, <laughs> what I really deserve is not what you give me. You know what the difference between grace and mercy is, don't you? Grace is God gives you things you don't deserve. Mercy is he doesn't give you the things you do deserve. And his mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. That's just been a real relief and a real, just a real pondering point for me lately for some reason. I, I don't know if it's because I've been doing bad things or what. I hope not. But just to know that every day I can start fresh, start over, do it better, do it again and do it better. I don't have to keep failing. And I don't really have to worry a whole lot about what's going to happen to me if I do fail because he still loves me. He still loves me. He still loves you. He loves all of us. This evening as we give, just remember that we can give several ways, 2313 East Prospect. You can mail that in. Little kiosk outside that door there. You can go to pcachurch.com slash contributions and give that way. Cash, check, we love to have those. And just, and you text it into 844-390-2401. God bless us. Amen. I know I've been blessed. There are times that I think, Lord, why did you let that happen? Sharon and I were talking about a couple occasions just recently that something happened to us, and we thought, wow, the conclusion of this thing, this blessing, started one or two years ago. 
And he completed it. And he blessed us. What a blessing. So we give because we're blessed. Amen. Let's not forgive our tithes and offerings when we give because they are our blessing. Gentlemen, if you come forward. We have so many out tonight because of illness and some in the hospital, some at home. We just need to remember them and ask God to touch them. Let's pray. Father God, this evening, we thank you, Lord, that we can be in your house praising you and worshiping you. We thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning. Not just some days when we're, when we're good or, or, you know, do the best we can, but, Lord, they're new and fresh every morning. Father, we just thank you that t tonight we can share in that blessing by giving our tithes and our offerings. Father God, let it just be a blessing. Lord, we do pray for those who are home tonight or perhaps in the hospital. We've heard just a couple of reports already tonight, Lord, of different ones who are ill. Touch them. They need a touch. We need a touch, Father, of healing. Father, watch over us and protect us and keep us safe from the enemy's wiles and the enemy's ways. Father God, we just ask and pray and believe you for all these things in the wonderful, precious name of Jesus. Amen. God bless as you give. Amen. Pastor Karen, just stay right there. APCA family, we have so many things going on. Oh. Well, I was just going to let him go ahead and play it, but that's okay. I wanted Miss Karen to stay right there. <clears throat> we sang this last chorus that we sang, Made Me Glad, and I was just looking at the words and looking at the message, and I'm like, Lord... That is really speaking to my heart. I hope it's speaking to somebody else's heart. But he's your shield, your strength, your portion, your deliverer, your shelter, a strong tower. The Bible says the name of the Lord's a strong tower. We run into it and we are safe. He's also our very present help in time of need. And so while you're sitting there tonight, I just want us to sing that chorus. Okay. And I want to just let it just kind of wash over your presence and wash over your spirit and maybe wash your mind and get everything in the right perspective and in the right priority. I just believe we need to just kind of let this sink in for just a moment. So Pastor Karen, lead us in this course. You are my shield, my strength, my portion, deliverer, my shelter, strong tower, my very present help in time of need. You are my shield, my strength, my portion, deliverer, my shelter, strong tower, my very present help. You are my shield, my strength, my portion, deliverer, my shelter, strong tower, my very present help in time of need. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Tonight we give you glory for all the things you are in our lives. For all the times you've been our shelter, our strength, our help in time of trouble. For all the times you've been our deliverer, our shield, my strength, 
You declare in your word that when I'm weak, you give me strength. And God, I thank you tonight for your presence in this place. We give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. Amen and amen. God bless you. You are the healthy ones. We need to pray. I want us to have a prayer for all of those in our church who are feeling ill and who are uh, some at home with fevers and COVID. Some are in the hospital. Uh, we need to pray, don't we? The Bible says, my house should be called a house of prayer. So if you don't mind staying with me, I know it's Wednesday night and you've worked all day. But this is not work. This is us bringing all of our friends and our family members into the presence of God and laying them at His feet and saying, Father, by Your stripes they are healed. So would you just join me in a corporate prayer tonight? Father, right now, we just stand in Your presence and we give You praise and honor and glory and power for all the things You have already done, for all the people You've already healed in this church, people that You brought out of the hospital last week. And God, tonight, because we know what You can do, we believe you and trust you and have our faith put in you. And I believe tonight those that are at home watching on live stream who are sick and ill and have fevers right now in the name of Jesus, touch them by your hand, deliver the fevers from their bodies, take away the aches and the pains in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray tonight because we know that prayer changes everything. This is your house and it shall be called a house of prayer. And I pray tonight that God you administer to our church Strengthen those who are weak, give hope to those who are hopeless, and give peace to those who are frantic. Father, we give you this place and these people in your precious name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. You may be seated. It's Wednesday night. It's a time to come into the house of the Lord and, and get that half of the week refreshing and reviving. Because once you go out into the world, you get all kind of stuff stuck to you. I always look at Wednesday nights as kind of a, a drive-through spiritual body wash, right? We just get all the junk off of us from Monday and Tuesday and today and uh, get it clean and be ready for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And I tell you what, you got to come in Sunday with everything you got. I'm excited about Sunday morning. It's going to be an awesome time. So be ready. Invite somebody that doesn't know Jesus. If you don't know anybody that doesn't know Jesus... Go find somebody, make a friend that doesn't know Jesus. Everybody should know somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Amen? Well, I started a series a few weeks ago, and Pastor Richard, our creative arts pastor, did a phenomenal job last week. But I'm going to go back to my series, The Power of One. Sometimes we think, what can one person do? What can I do as one person in my house? I'm the only believer. Okay. What can you do at your place of work? I'm the only believer at my place of work. Wonderful. You've got a mission field and they can't get away from you. They're stuck with you for at least eight hours a day. Maybe you're the only, the only Christian at church. No, you're not. You just feel that way sometimes. Lord, I'm the only one that's serving you. No, everybody else is too. And sometimes the enemy isolates us. It makes us feel like you're the only one. Well, guess what? One has power. One. One can accomplish mighty things. And so uh, I've talked about some people in the Bible that we may not have heard of and weren't too familiar of. But tonight I want to talk about somebody who's very familiar. So don't turn your dial off when you hear the passage of Scripture. Okay? Stay attentive. 1 Kings chapter 17. 
Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will neither be dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Wow. That's an amazing story, isn't it? Elijah. This is the introduction to the man Elijah. All of a sudden, he just shows up out of nowhere. He's never been mentioned in the Bible before. And the first thing you hear about him is not his lineage, is not his parents, nothing like that. It just says, and Elijah the Tishbite said to Ahab. This guy shows up in the presence of kings and nobody even knows who he is. As a matter of fact, for generations after Elijah was on the earth, most of the stories that were told about him said that he had to be an angel from God. Because nobody knew where he came from. Nobody really knew his lineage. They didn't talk about his parents. There was nothing of his heritage and past that said this is where he came from. But then when we get to the New Testament, James chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, here's what we do know about Elijah. Elijah, well, he was a human being. Isn't that amazing? Elijah was a human being. How many of you tonight are a human being? All right? Good. We're all in the same place. Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain. It did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Well, this is good news to me. Because Elijah was a human being. Sometimes we look at these great people in the Bible and we think, man, they're not human. They're like super, super powerful men and women of God. And we could not attain to do anything that they do in the Bible because they are so, I mean, so, I mean, so. And I love it that James just goes, Elijah was a human being. Elijah was a human being, just like we are. So if he was a human being like we are, then why can't we have the power of one in our lives? Why can't we be the ones to say, you know what? I'm going to make my passions for God, not for the things of the world. I'm going to make my passions for God's Word and for what God wants me to do in my life. I'm going to listen, I'm going to pray, and whatever God says, that's what I'm going to say. He was human. He had human thoughts just like we do. Every human has them. I'll guarantee you in this room of humans, some of you have had the thought before that you're the only one. Some of you have had the thought before that you are discouraged. Some of you have had the thought before that brings fear into your life. Do you know what I've learned about the human brain? That the human brain has reactions to situations. The action of fear is faster than the action of reasoning in our brain. So when something happens, boom, automatically fear grips us. But then after we have a moment, then reasoning starts to kick in. 
Have you ever had somebody you love in the house with you, you thought they were in another room in there, and all of a sudden you decide to get up and walk into a room, and they jump out from behind the door and scare you. What do you do? Do you just go, oh, hey, what are you doing? No, your first response, ah! What are you doing scaring me like that? Now, why did you do that? Because you're human, and the first response is fear. After you stop and think and you look and you realize, oh, this is who they are. This is their faith. Then you want to hit them, right? Maybe you want to hit them as your first reaction. I don't know. But we're all human. We all have the same feelings. We all have the same passions. We all have the same thoughts. And Elijah was a human with a very hot temper and rough dimensions of attributes. How do you know this, Pastor? Because I read about Elijah. This dude did not uh, put up with stuff, and he was not really uh, refined around the edges very much. He was pretty crude. But it took a man of that personality to do what God had called him to do. He had to be a man of confidence, a man who would speak the word of God, who would not be intimidated by kings, a man who would declare, it's not going to rain for three and a half years unless I tell it to. You better be really, really confident that God has told you that, right? And you really have to have the personality to walk up to the king in his presence and tell him that face to face. He's not texting it. He's not emailing it. He's not ghosting him. Not, this is face on. King Ahab, I'm here to tell you. Why? He said, because I am a human, but I also am a man who stands in the presence of God. Wow. It matters more about the character of a man than the matter of his heritage. See, so many times we look at our heritage and then we go, well, I can't do this and I can't do that because look at where I came from. Look at my parents, look at my grandparents, look at my lineage, look at my heritage. Your heritage has nothing to do with you as a child of God. What? Because when I became a child of God, guess what? My heritage changed. I am now a son of the Most High God. You are a daughter of the Most High God. Not only did your life change, God made you a new creature and gave you a new lineage and gave you new DNA. So now when I go through situations in life, I don't go through it as a human being by myself. I go through it with me and God walking through this thing together. The power of one. Me and God become one in flesh and become one in spirit. And that power that is there. And Elijah had that kind of relationship. He's like, it doesn't matter where I come from. Don't write that stuff down. That has no consequence on what I'm doing. That has no consequence on what God has called me to do. Some people go, well, you know, um, remember that guy threshing wheat on the floor? And, and, and God says, you know what, you're going to be a great man. And he goes, me? I'm the wimpiest guy in my family, and my family's the weakest clan of Israel, and, and I'm here threshing wheat because I, I can't do anything else. And Are you sure you're talking to me, God? And God said, yeah, you mighty man of valor. What? Yeah. God looks at you and me, and he doesn't see what people say we are. He doesn't look at our heritage and go, you're limited. He looks at us and calls us mighty men of valor and mighty women of valor. And he says you're more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens you. Elijah appeared on the scene abruptly and Elijah exits abruptly. Remember how he got out of here? 
in a whirlwind, a chariot of fire came from heaven and took him away. Isn't that amazing? Wow. His first assignment goes straight to Ahab. And here's what he said. As the Lord, the God of Israel lives whom I serve. He wanted the king to understand. I'm serving a God who is alive. He is not made out of bronze. He's not made out of silver. He's not made out of gold. He's not carved out of wood. This God that I'm serving, he's alive. He is breathing. He is moving. He's alive and he's dwelling in me. And I'm speaking what he has told me to speak. Why? Because I serve him and I know he's alive because I stand in his presence. If you stand in somebody's presence... Don't you know if they're alive or dead? Absolutely. We've got a man back there in the back sitting on the chair. He knows when people are dead or alive, at least he's supposed to. He, he's the uh, overrider of a funeral home. You need to make sure they're dead, right? Yeah. You're telling me a story the other day about uh, all of a sudden the blood, it's like that's not supposed to be happening if you're dead. There's a difference between dead and alive. And Elijah's coming up and his resume starts out. I serve a God who's not an idol, who doesn't need me to carve him, who doesn't need me to polish him. I serve a God who is alive and I stand before him in his presence. That's who I am. And because of that, you need to listen to me. Man, today we need people who know what it means to stand in the presence of God. If we're going to change our world that we're living in, one of us can change it. Elijah changed this world by himself, but it was because he was willing to go in the presence of God and listen to what God was saying and then have the boldness when he comes out to actually tell somebody what God says. Wow, that's a, that's a rough, strong crude, red. he's not worried about all of the, the curtsies and all of the politics and all the processes. He just walks in and says, King Ahab, uh, the God whom I serve, he's alive, I stand in his presence, and I've got a message for you. When you stand in front of somebody, you know if they're alive or dead. This gives what he's about to say some real gravitas, right? I'm not just some human being. I may be human, but I'm not just a some human being. I have been empowered by God to bring you a message. And here's what he said. There will neither be dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. He doesn't get to where he stands there and talks for an hour or two and ramble in and don't know where he's going and chasing rabbits. And he doesn't go and say, oh, King Ahab, you know, it's great. I heard about your grandfather and your father, and wow, man, you are magnificent on, the, on your ruling, and you're doing a great... He didn't do any of that. He's got a message that is short, that is simple, that is plain. The God whom I serve, I stand before him. He's alive, and I'm telling you, he's told me to tell you it will not rain except at my word. Don't we need to have clear messages today? Don't we need to have messages that, that do not cloud up the truth, but messages that are just plain and clear and simple? To say, you know what, this is right and this is wrong. This is, this is going to please God. This is going to displease God. This is uh, what you do if you're a child of the light. This is what you do if you're a child of darkness. Make it simple. The Word of God is simple. Jesus taught simple messages. 
He used what people knew every day in their life. He used that as an illustration and said these things. Simple truths. But man, today we've got to get it where we've got to have all these big words and we've got to be able to use all kinds of phrases. But if you've been in God's presence, you've got a simple message, it's easy to communicate. People who cannot communicate a message, they do not know what they're talking about. When you understand what you're talking about, you can make it simple and you can make it short and you can be very specific. But if you don't know what you're talking about, you can, uh, you can use a lot of words. Have you ever heard somebody, uh, I love politicians, they'll ask them a question and they will, they will talk for 10 minutes, but they never answered the question. Because they know if they take a lot of time, they don't have any more time to ask them a second question. So they'll just keep sharing words and saying nothing. The gospel of Christ is not complicated. He said it's so simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, confess your sins, and you shall be saved. That's too easy. No, it is just that easy. But there's got to be other things. No, no, no. That's all you need to do. Confess your sins, for He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. But the Pharisees, they said that's way too easy, so they put a lot of rules and regulations on it that nobody could keep. Elijah's coming into the presence and said, hey, this is a simple, concise message. This is what God has said, and now I'm going to tell you. So how did Elijah know what to say? He prayed. He prayed. How many of you know that prayer is the way we communicate with God? Why is it that most Christians do everything but pray? Everything. The Bible says that prayer is the key to the kingdom of God. If I want to get into the kingdom of God, I use a key. It's called prayer. I walk into His presence. I've been told there are four answers to prayer. The first answer is no. You heard God tell you no? The second answer is yes. The third answer, I don't like at all but it's wait. And the fourth answer is I've gotten from God. Here's what I said to God. you got to be kidding me. Are you serious right now? Yeah. Look at 1 Kings 17, verse 2 and following. Then the word came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward, hide in the Kareth ravine, east of the Jordan, and you will drink from the brook. I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. What a life. He's not having to toil in the soil. He's not having to try to make something grow. He's not having to go out with a bow and arrow or a rock and a sling and find it. No, God is providing for him. When you live the way God wants you to live, and when you say and you pray and you do what God tells you to do, guess what? God provides for you. Now, you need to sit around and do nothing? No. I guarantee you, every day, Elijah was praying. Every day, Elijah was like, God, I want to hear your voice. God, I want you to do something. And Elijah's life was very different than everybody else's in those days. And you know what God calls us to today? A different life. You're a church on a Wednesday night. Can I tell you, 
that the average human being is not in church on a Wednesday night. You are super above average human beings. You are. The average human being is not thinking about God on Wednesday nights. The average human being is not reading the Word on Wednesday night. The average human being is definitely not coming to hear a preacher talk on a Wednesday night. Why are you here? Because you are living a different life. You have traded your old life for a new life. I'm a new creature. I don't think like that. I don't talk like that. I don't have the same activities. Because Wednesday nights, I now have the activity of going to church. I bring my kids to church. I want to sing about God. I want to read and learn about God. Why? Because I'm different than everybody else. I may be a human, but I'm a child of God. And that makes you live different. We've got to know who we serve. We've got to know that God is alive. Do you know that God is alive? He's alive. And He's living in you, which blows my mind. But He walks with me, talks with me. He shares with me. When I listen, God speaks. God's always speaking. I'm not always listening. Me and you know what I'm talking about. Your wife can be talking, and you are not listening. You're going, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. And my wife, you know what she did years ago? She started talking, I kind of tuned her out, and then she started putting things in there that I was supposed to remember for real, and I didn't hear. She said, well, I told you this. No, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. That's when you weren't listening. And she knows when that look comes on my face, right? I see that look sometimes from people in the audience on Sunday morning. I'm like, they're not... Listening, they're, not, they're, they're thinking about a football game coming on at what time today and who's playing. No, no. we got to know that we have human passions and desires and personalities, but God has given us those for the life He's called us to live. Yeah, because when God called me, I was a very quiet, shy, timid person. Can you believe that? No. My wife says, now I'm a new creature, a new creation. I never shut up talking. I talk in my sleep. I talk all the time. I can't stop talking. Why? Because that's the person God needs to live the life God has called me to live. That's what He needs. And in your life, God may have called you to do different things, but He's called you because He's given you that personality and the words and the demeanor to do what God has called you to do. And every one of us are different. But God has given you His Word for your life. It's hard to live different sometimes, isn't it? When everybody else is going and doing things, and you're like, oh, man, that's a Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, how many know the enemy always entices you? The best sleep is Sunday morning. Uh, everybody's doing everything else on Sundays. And, and I'm very disappointed in, in all the sports today with kids. Uh, last Sunday, my grandson had a tournament and the first game was at 11.30 on a Sunday morning. Why? What? Uh, why would you do that? Schools and, and all the sports used to never have sports on Wednesday nights, no practices, no games, or Sundays because everybody went to church. Everybody was there praying for their sports team. Yeah. Man, the roughest game I've ever been in in my life was a church softball game. Woo! There wasn't a whole lot of prayer going on there. Oh. But sometimes you can feel isolated. I'm sure Elijah at times felt isolated. Lord, why can't I live in town with everybody else? Why am I out here by myself? 
because God was providing and God was preparing. And in your life, God is always preparing you and God is always providing for you. We have to be still and know God and we have to start eating and drinking His Word. He was fed twice a day. Can you believe that? Ravens do not share. They don't share. And now these ravens are bringing fresh meat and laying it at Elijah's feet and fresh bread. How did they find it? Where did they get it from? I don't know. I know that God's supernatural. God can do anything. But God commanded, he had authority over those birds and ravens and he commanded them, you take care of my boy Elijah. Yeah. He had something to drink, had something to eat. He was obedient. Today, if we can learn how to pray and be obedient, we will see God do supernatural things we never thought possible. We can see God use us in ways we never thought possible. Now, you may not ever stand in the presence of a king and declare uh, there, there's not going to be any rain for three and a half years. You may not ever do that. But you may go to work and have a coworker say, you know what, I've been watching your life. I've watched the way you've changed. Something's different about you. What is going on with you? You don't talk like you used to. You don't get upset like you used to. You're here early. You work late. You have a great attitude. What is wrong with you? Oh, I finally am doing something right in my life. I'm finally making right decisions because I'm listening to God and reading His Word. And you know what? God gives me hope and joy and peace and gives me strength. And God is providing for me. And Man, I'm doing things I never thought I would in my life. Look what God has done in my life. And we can do what I talked about Sunday morning. Share the glory of God on this earth. He did not argue with God. I mean, seriously, wouldn't you argue with God just a little bit? The king doesn't know me. I'm not just going to march in there and tell him this message. Can't we start out with something a little bit easier? Like, hey, Ahab, how you doing, bro? What's up? Yeah. No. He walks in. Hey, dude, God said no rain except in my word. See you. He was exactly where God wanted him to be. He was doing exactly what God told him to do and saying what God wanted him to say. Why? Because he prayed and he heard God. I'll guarantee you, if you have a practice of praying, you will feel and hear God speak to you. You will feel and hear God making you have a direction in life and saying, hey, you need to go this way and don't go that way. For, for some people, I, I don't know how it is with you, but, but it, I've never heard the voice of God, but I know when it's God and when it's right, and I know when it's wrong. I know when my human being side is taking over too much, and I know when my spiritual side needs to take over more in my life. There can be times we all, we're all human beings, right? We, we get tired. We get irritable. If I get hungry, you don't want to be around me. Because if I'm hungry, I'm like, hey, what are we going to eat? What's going on? I need some food. Anybody else like that? Get, I mean, hungry. Yeah. You get really worn out and tired, and then somebody wants to talk to you for three hours. You're like, well, I'm really. I get phone calls at 4 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm just going to tell you straight up, if you call me at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, it better be life and death. Because if it's not, you're going to get bad pastor. I'll be like, what? Well, I, I had a hangnail and I didn't know what to do. And so I thought I'd call you and see if you could pray for me. I'm fixing to pray for you right about now. Yeah. No, I've had a lot of silly phone calls. My wife can tell you three and four o'clock in the morning. 
But then I've also had those calls where at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, man, we needed God to do something miraculous. And you don't have time to prep, you know? You better be ready in season and out of season. You, you, you can't go, well, you know what? I would pray for you, but I got a lot of stuff in my life that I need to get right first, so let me get all my life right and all my stuff right first. I'll see you in about an hour, then I'll come pray for you. Man, wouldn't that be terrible if you called the pastor and go, my, my husband's just had a wreck, he's at the hospital ER, and the pastor goes, ugh, bad timing. I've said some things to people I shouldn't have said. I've done some things I shouldn't have done. Let me, let me, let me just have some time for my own personal confession, get my life right. Uh, then uh, hopefully in not too long, I'll be up at the hospital so I can then pray. Boy, that would be a terrible pastor, wouldn't it? Yeah. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is coming back at a time when nobody knows about it. When everybody's saying, hey, peace, peace everywhere. It's, it's unexpected. It's the most inopportune time. He's going to come back, and we've got to be ready. We've got to be anticipating and looking and have our hearts ready. And it talks about the ten virgins. You know, there were, there were five that were foolish and five that were wise. The foolish ones ran out of oil, and they had to go back and try to buy some oil. While they were gone, the five wise virgins, they were there. The, the bridegroom came through, and, and they went, and the five missed out, and the five went. Yeah, we've got to be ready. At all times, prayed up, living a life that's different because God wants us to depend on Him to meet our needs. I've had many, many times and places in my life where if God did not show up, I wasn't going to eat. Pastor, you absolutely, absolutely. I told you about the pot of spaghetti that lasted for a month. Then we threw half a pot away. That is a true story. Sometimes I don't think people believe that. That is a true story. And that is why today, if you invite me to your house for lunch, do not fix spaghetti. I'm tired of spaghetti. I mean, give me ramen noodles or anything. I don't care, but just not spaghetti. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, thank you for this pot of spaghetti. But if I ever get to where I get a paycheck again and I can buy food, I will never eat spaghetti again. And you know what? I have it to this day. Have it. I go to Olive Garden, but I don't get spaghetti. I get Zuppa Toscana. Oh, man, doesn't that sound good right now? Zuppa Toscana and salad and breadsticks that never end. Can you tell I didn't eat dinner tonight? Yeah. But God will provide for you. God provide. That's part of His attribute. It's His nature. He's our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We've got to get to a place to where we need to trust Him and depend upon Him. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. Okay, Elijah. Out in the middle of nowhere, past the Jordan, in a ravine called the Kareth Ravine. How many of you ever know what a ravine is? Well, usually in a ravine, there's not really that much water in the bottom of a ravine. But God caused this brook to be there with fresh water. Yesterday, I was talking with someone. I can't share the name. I didn't get permission. But he showed me a picture on his phone. I don't know where it's at. He wouldn't tell me where it's at, but all I know is somewhere north of Newkirk, he has some property up there 
And in that property, literal spring water is coming out of a little bluff, out of the rocks. And it's year-round, 55 degrees water, and it's pure spring water. And they've dug out a little hole right there to where in the summertime you can get in there and swim around a little bit. I kept wanting him to tell me, where's this at? Because they, he's telling me, they take all their big, big old water coolers, go down there and fill them up and take them. That's what they drink. It reminded me of when I was a child. My dad, he would stop on the side of the road by Winona, Mississippi. There was an artesian well. Let me know what that is. And we'd, we'd have our empty Coke bottles. We'd fill them up and drink that water. It was so good and so cold. And I, was, I kept trying to get him to tell me, where is this spring at? And he won't tell me because it's like gold, right? I just imagined Mr. Elijah was right there in that kind of a setting. Fresh, cold spring water coming down, clean, food, bread, meat twice a day. God took care of him. And church, God will take care of you. And if you live the way God wants you to live, a different life, He'll provide for you. And sometimes you may feel isolated all by yourself because sometimes the Christian life does isolate us. All my friends are going over here and doing this, but I just can't do it anymore. All my friends are over here and they're doing this and they're doing it on Sunday morning. I just can't do it anymore. I'm going to go to church and sit by myself if I have to. Yes, I'm a human being, but I am a child of God, and I have the power of one. And if one man can stop the rain for three and a half years, and then one man can speak and make it rain again, how many know that God is no respecter of persons? What he does for one, he'll do for another. And if God needed our nation to go through a drought, I believe God would raise up somebody to go to the president and talk to him. I hope it's not me. No. No, but if it was to be me, I know he would empower me with boldness. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. Remember Simon Peter denied Christ three times? The rooster crowed, and it said he remembered that he had done what exactly Jesus had told him he would do. And he asked for forgiveness. After the day of Pentecost, who was the most bold proclaimer of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Simon Peter. He was a different creature. He was a different man. He was still a human being, but now he was empowered by one. Stand with me tonight. Elijah was one man. He had one message to Ahab. Clear, concise, and he spoke with the authority of God. Today, I believe God is looking for people who will live different lives, who at times will be okay with being isolated, but who are obedient to the voice and the word of God. The Bible says it's better to be obedient than it is to sacrifice. Don't come to God and tell Him all the things you've sacrificed. Just be obedient. It's tough sometimes. As a pastor, sometimes it's tough. And I know if in your life, Sometimes it's tough. Why? We're all human beings. And we all mess up at times. And we all need the grace and the mercy of God. And we all need help from time to time. But that's why we have a church. So we don't have to be isolated. We come together, encourage each other. Talk to one another. How's it going? Ugh. Going tough right now. 
hey, I'm here for you. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to walk through this together. Father, I pray tonight that those that are watching, those that are here, that God, they'll hear this message tonight. Sometimes we are isolated. Sometimes we are all alone. Sometimes we feel like that the life that God has called us to is so different from all the other lives around us that we feel kind of like we're the weird ones. No, no, no. We're the ones that are human beings, but we are empowered by the one on high. We're empowered by God, and God will give us authority, and God will meet our needs, and God will walk with us and talk with us, and God will provide supernaturally in our lives. But we... We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.